0: I'm Mario Munoz, reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. Even though the COVID-19 vaccine will now be available, the Dean of the School of Medicine at UTRGV, Dr. John Krause, says that health officials will continue to advise people to observe the same precautions they've been recommending over the last seven to eight months. During a press webinar on December 15th, Dr. Krauss discussed the priority of distribution for the recently available COVID-19 vaccine.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Happy to be able to spend uh, the next half hour with you and discuss the vaccine. It's a very exciting time, first of all. It's, it's really thrilling that we're finally able to begin to see the light at the end of the tunnel by being able to receive vaccine and now start to distribute that in, a, in an orderly and, and uh, orderly approach. So, we have received our first doses here at UTRGV this morning. And we plan to start vaccinating this afternoon um, our first group of people. And then, over the rest of this week, we'll be doing 12 hour shifts. Um, in order to assure that we're able to get the vaccine to our frontline healthcare workers and support here at UTRGV, so our planning in how the vaccine is distributed follows CDC and FDA guidelines, which states that the first round of vaccine should be to those frontline healthcare workers who have exposure to COVID 19 patients, and we will begin to prioritize. Our own staff, faculty, physicians, nurses, those people who work in the hospital settings first, for those individuals to be able to more safely take care of patients who do have the COVID-19 virus as they come across them. In addition, as you may know, we have almost 300 residents and fellows who work in the hospitals across the valley and who take care of patients with COVID-19 every day. And those individuals will be getting the vaccine here in this first round as well as they are key healthcare providers in the Valley workforce. Likewise, we have students in the university who take care of patients in the hospital with COVID. And without those students being able to pitch in and help and take care of those patients, it would be much more challenging given the fact that workforce can be very restricted in a time of a crisis such as this. So we have students, medical students who take care of patients, nursing students who take care of patients, other learners who really are critical healthcare delivery personnel who will be prioritized to receive the vaccine here this week. We are thrilled that we're able to do this. The fact that we can protect the healthcare workforce allows them to feel more confident going to work and spending the hours and days that they have spent here over the last months in taking care of people in the valley with this terrible disease so we really see this as the start for ut health rgv and the school of medicine and the university as we roll this out this is going to be a marathon sprint as i've said many times in in the pandemic and we will likely be advancing our role in the vaccination of the public daily, weekly, monthly, until we really can get a significant portion of the community vaccinated and safe. But that likely is going to take the better part of a year. So I think it's important to remain patient. It's important to know that the vaccine will be be distributed in an equitable manner based upon state and federal guidelines. And it's important in the meantime to continue to be vigilant, to practice good healthcare, to continue to wear masks anytime you're in public, to continue to avoid large congregations, to continue to socially distance, and to continue to practice good hygiene, hand hygiene, washing your hands, All of these things will remain critical until we get a substantial portion of the population vaccinated. But again, that's going to be well into 2021, not in the next month. So happy to take any of your questions and discuss where we are with this at UTRGV.
2: Thank you, Dr. Krause. Uh, Before we go to questions, one more reminder, if you could, since we have a large group, uh, please state your name and your media affiliation before asking your question. Uh, we'll go with uh, Christian first. Hey, good morning. Thank you guys so much for having us. I'm Christian with Channel 5. My question is uh, two part, but one, how many did you get? Did you guys get what you were promised? And second of all, if you could break down the process of how those uh, vaccinations will be placed, um, will be given out. I know DHR mentioned they have like this mass vaccination event. Um, if you guys could share your plans. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Christian. It's an excellent question. We requested and did receive 1,950 doses today. And the, as you know, this is the Pfizer vaccine, which is the first one that's been distributed, does require ultra-cold minus 80 Celsius storage, and we do have the facilities to do that. And um, A second round, since this is a two-dose regimen, will be received the first week in January so that all the people this week will get their second dose at that point. We are also going to have mass vaccination events here at UTRGV. We're rolling that out this afternoon. And then beginning tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., we're from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., we're going to be vaccinating those people in those categories that I discussed earlier. That is all going to be done in our medical school, at our medical school facility. And we plan to vaccinate between four and 500 patients a day, each day over the next four days. Um, It is a massive undertaking. Patients need to be registered. They need to be screened. They need to have temperatures taken. They need to get the vaccine. They need to be observed for 15 minutes after the vaccine is received in order to uh, assure that they're safe. They need to get their second appointment in three weeks set up. So we are doing the same kind of an approach, which is really a mass vaccination campaign that starts this afternoon and then really continues in earnest tomorrow morning.
2: Well, we'll go next to Karen Harper. Hi, I'm Karen Harper from the Texas Tribune. Thank you
3: for having us today. My question um, is regarding the families of the healthcare workers um, with the lack of clarity on whether the virus can still be transmitted by people or carried by people who have the vaccine. Can you talk to me a little bit about that wrinkle or that challenge in a community that is so family oriented and a culture that's so family oriented? And let me know if I need to clarify my question. No, I
1: understand your question, Karen. Thank you. I'm not sure we have an answer that I can give you with hundred percent assurity right now. I think that um, we know that the vaccine prevents the virus from entering the cell. Um, it attacks the spike protein part of the, of the virus I- itself, so the virus then cannot attach and enter the cell. Does that mean that the virus can not be in the nose I assume, yes, if someone breathes in virus, it can be there for some period of time, unclear where that length of time in. But since it can't enter the cells, it's not going to be able to reproduce in the nose. So it seems scientifically possible that someone could be a carrier for a short period of time. But since the virus is not replicating, it's not dividing or increasing in volume, that would seem to be a very limited amount of time that would be present. But again, I cannot give you that answer with 100% surety because I'm not sure we fully understand that science at this point.
2: Karen, you have a follow-up?
3: Yeah, I'm sorry, just a quick follow-up. So is it something, because there's a, a there's a lack of certainty on that, and I what I understand from the FDA panel is that there's going to be some more trials regarding the post vaccination transmission coming up, I guess, early next year. Is that something you will be warning people about, or you do want to give a message to the community about since it is such a, since there are so many multi-generational families in the Valley, and since it is a um, kind of a bigger, um, a bigger issue or a bigger trait in the Valley than it might be in some other places, is this a warning or message you guys are, are going to be talking about? It is a message,
1: and the CDC is very clear on that, Karen. The CDC says that even though people are vaccinated, they should continue to follow the same precautions we have been following. They should continue to wear masks in public. They should continue to follow social distancing. I don't think people should feel that since they are vaccinated now, they can return at this point. To an environment where they are clustered together in small groups so we are going to continue to advise people to follow the same precautions that we have been advising them in over the last seven or eight months
2: christian yes thank you uh, just a follow-up question uh a little short too is it voluntary or mandatory for staff and then if uh, we spoke to a doctor this morning he says that he's given up kind of his spot because he had covid and he has the antibodies recently um is that happening in the list are, are people kind of Giving it to someone else for now because they have antibodies. What? How's that situation?
1: Um, okay. Uh, what was your first question again, Christian? I'm sorry, there were two
2: parts. If it's if it's voluntary or okay. mandatory.
1: It is voluntary. Um, we have told all of our staff and students and residents that this is being voluntarily delivered. And again, we we do understand that. Um, the FDA has given this emergency use authorization. So this is not a full approval from the FDA. Um, I think that's given in the sense that we are not fully aware of all of the potential complications since it's only been looked at in small trials. I think it's wise for us to, um, give this on a voluntary basis, given, giving people the science that we know now, and it certainly looks to be very safe and certainly, I and, and my colleagues are anxious to receive it and will be comfortable and safe in receiving the vaccine when available. Um, but it is voluntary at this point. Um, the second part of that is if people have had vaccine or had COVID and have recovered, um, they are still being recommended to get the vaccine. Um, the amount of immunity that you get from having the disease appears to be different than the degree of immunity you would get from vaccination. So the CDC's advice actually is if you've had COVID, you should still be vaccinated. Uh, People who have had had COVID appear to have some period of immunity. We're not clear how long that is. But it's possible that the immunity from the disease itself may not be as long lasting as the immunity from the vaccine. So if patients would like to give that up and, and say, I'll, I'm, I'm choosing not to be vaccinated now, that's certainly their option. And We have had people that do that. Um, but um, we are recommending that if you've had COVID and fully recovered now, that you should still be a candidate and should receive the vaccine.
2: We'll go next to Jose De Leon. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, earlier, you had mentioned that after
3: these people are vaccinated, that you monitor them for 15 minutes. I believe. Um, what is it that you're monitoring? Monitor. What is it that you're looking out for?
1: Yes. Thank you.
3: Um,
1: the FDA again has recommended a 15 minute monitoring period for people at, at, at not at risk. Um, if you look at the United Kingdom. And when they rolled this out, there were two people who had allergic type reactions to the vaccine. We know that if people have allergic type reactions to a vaccine or a drug, it typically occurs in the first 15 minutes. And uh, we're going to observe all of the people that are vaccinated for that 15 minute period for the unlikely event that they would have an allergic reaction to that. And certainly in anyone that might have a significant allergic reaction, we have medical personnel on site that would be able to take care of or manage any of those. These are felt to be very, very unlikely events. And certainly if you look at the US trials, they were very, very unlikely. But this is out of an abundance of caution that we just want to be sure at this point that anyone who might have any kind of a reaction, we are. we're able to observe and monitor them for a period of time before we release them.
2: Uh, Marcy? Hi, Dean
3: Krauss. This is Marcy Caldiviano with the University. Um, My question is about um, the myths surrounding the flu vaccine and the people who say, I got a flu vaccine, and I got the flu right after it. Um, Is that a possibility with COVID as well?
1: Thanks, Marcy. No, that's not a possibility at all. the, vo- the vaccine for COVID is to the spike protein. It's to that, that protein on the outside of the virus that allows the virus to enter the cell. The rest of the, the, the pro- protein material um, is not in the vaccine. So people cannot get the disease from the COVID-19 vaccine. People can and many will get some systemic reactions. They may get a sore arm. They may feel tired. They may get a low-grade fever. For a day, those have all been things that have been commonly reported. Much as with a flu shot, many people get a low-grade fever, get a sore arm. What that is is your body's immune response. That's your body actually processing. It's taking in that that material. It's building antibodies to that, and it's not uncommon for someone to get fatigue, malaise, low-grade fever, headache in response to those um, to the vaccine itself. So. No, you're not going to get COVID-19 from the administration of the vaccine.
2: Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Dr. Krauss, we have a question in the chat um, regarding where the vaccination, our vaccinations are occurring, the location, and what the setting is like for for, for the administering of the vaccine.
1: Um, We are giving the vaccine in our medical school lobby. um, And it is set up as a... um, a series of stations, if you will, so that individuals progress through a series of stations from the time they entered, get the vaccine to the time they're observed.
2: Uh, we'll go next to Elizabeth Gomez.
3: Hi, Elizabeth Hi. here from KVEO. Thank you for having us. So my question is, um, the state of Texas is prioritizing healthcare workers and frontline workers and obviously vulnerable populations among others. uh, Do you guys have a time frame for distribution for this first group?
1: The first group, thank you for the question, phase 1A is defined as frontline healthcare workers and nursing home personnel, nursing home residents. We will not be vaccinating nursing home residents or personnel. That is going to be managed by the pharmacies rather than by us. We will be vaccinating all of those on our list, on our first-line list this week. The other phases will be coming as the state and federal government give that direction and as we receive additional doses. So this week, we're concentrating on those frontline patient-facing healthcare personnel through the university.
0: Dr. John Kraus is the Executive Vice President for Health Affairs and the Dean of the School of Medicine at the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley. I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service.